This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Welcome to the CBS Eye on Money show. It's Thursday, October 20th. And we are here trying to hold your hand through turbulent times and try to help you make better financial decisions. And when I say we, it is me and Mark Talercio. Hello, Mark. Hello, Jill. I was just thinking, you know, we're not actually recording this on the 20th, but when it is the 20th, you will be in a very nice location. I know. I am attending a conference. It's such a boondoggle conference. I'm so psyched. And it's in, are you ready, gang? Greece. I will be in Athens, Greece, as this airs. I will be arriving early in the morning. It's a long flight, actually, Mark. I was like, oh, yeah, it is south. So hopefully uh, I make it with uh, with very few bumps in the travel roads. And um, yeah, and I'll be there for a week. So all the episodes you hear for the next week, I will be uh, gallivanting around Greece. Excited? Never been. What is the drink that they have? Uzo? Is that what it's called? Uzo. Yeah. Uzo. I will not be drinking any of that, I don't think. I mean, maybe like a taste. It's sort of like limoncello. Like it's like one of those things where it's like it's fun for like two sips and then then I'm done. So I'll be sticking to my normal alcoholic menu. All right. So, uh, Mark, what else are we talking about? Baseball. We were just talking about how the Mets disappointed us as we as they always do or often do, I should say. It's been a long time since they haven't disappointed us. Do you remember 1986? Were you like a young youngster, right? Yeah, I was uh, I was eight years old. So, you know, it was kind of like my early memories of the world of sports. Oh, my God. It was such a – I loved that. It was so much fun. My most vivid baseball memory is 1988, the 88 World Series between the Dodgers and the A's. That was my, that's my real first sports memory. Really? What about when it was a Subway series in 2001 after 9-11? No, no, no. It was 2000. 
And then 2001 was when it was like the Yankees were making a run for it after 9-11, right? Yeah. And then they lost to Arizona. Yeah. Hmm. That's a shame. That was really, that was, we was robbed. Okay. Why are we talking so much about New York? Because the person on our line is originally from New York. It's Stephen who now lives in Virginia. Hi, Stephen. What's your early childhood memory of, uh, of the baseball world? Hey, Jill uh, and Mark, great to, great to talk with you. I remember the 86 uh, Mets very well. I was a huge Gary Carter fan, and uh, I was uh, 11 years old and listening to that game six when, it, uh, when, when the ball went between uh, Bill Buckner's legs. I'll never forget it. Yes. That was so good. I'm older than both of you, and I was like in college, and I loved it. Um, okay. Without go- dwelling on, on too much on baseball, because this is a financial show, Stephen, what brings you to us? What can we do for you, sir? Well, thanks very much for um, taking the time to speak with me. I listen to your show all the time, and I'm really thrilled to speak with you. Um, I I was just getting, you know, wanted to try and get your advice on how my allocate asset allocation looks for my age. Um, you know, I'm I'm 46. Um, I think I've done pretty well. Uh, but obviously, you know, uh, with the market, I'm not doing as well, but I'm not I'm not stressing too much. Part of me just kind of wonders with my allocation, if I should, you know, have more money in international, if I'm even taking too much risk in stocks, um, if I should have more bonds, I, I'd like to be in a position to where I can retire or at least scale back part time at age 60. But I also have a newborn child. So, Whoa, late to the game, my man. Yeah, yeah, I'm an old an old dad. I'm feeling it. <laughs> I always find that the older parents are a little bit more chill. Frankly, they're like, yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's all right. Exactly. I'm okay. So you have a newborn. Are you partnered or married? Yeah, I'm married. Um, my wife is 33. Uh, I'm 46. And uh, have are a- you both working, or are you both, or is one of you staying home? No, we're both working. Um, we we have uh, uh, her mom is is um, we're paying her mom for you know childcare. Uh, what you're paying her? I love this. Yeah. How much do you have to pay her? Is she a go- going rate or just a little bit? No, just a little bit. Um, you know, we're mostly helping her with her living arrangements and stuff. You know, to be be closer to us. But it's just like a real win win for for the whole family. Fantastic. So, How much do you earn, Stephen? So I make um, I make about four hundred thousand a year. My wife makes about another hundred thousand, a little more. So overall, we're we're about at five hundred. So doing, nice. doing pretty well. Yeah. Although you live in a high cost area, I yeah, know that. Yeah, we do. We okay. do. Okay. So um, let's go through this. So on your four hundred, your forty six, are you making retirement plan contributions? Yes, I'm maxing my 401k at work. Uh, I'm also doing a backdoor Roth for 6000 every year for both me and my wife, putting about 10000 a year in I-bonds. Based on your cash flow, you do all of that. Is there anything else that you do on an uh, ongoing basis for saving? Do you put money into a brokerage account as well? Yeah, I do. Um, so I put about 2500 every two weeks into my Vanguard account. How much money right now is in your 401k, Stephen? So I have about a uh, half a million in my 401k. Um, that's kind of my safe money. I, I kept my TSP uh, fund open and basically I, I have about 400,000 sitting in the TSP G fund, which has been Government great. Fund. It has not lost money. And then I have about another 100,000 in my, um, my employer 401k. Are you contributing to the TSP? 
No, um, I kept that open from my military time. And when I worked for the federal government, I just keep it open mostly for access to the TSPG fund. Great. That's perfect. So 400 in the TSP, 100 in your 401k. And what about the Roths? How much are in each of your Roths? Um, not not that much. We I have about um, twelve thousand in my Roth, and she has about twelve thousand in hers. Okay, good. Now, how much is in the brokerage account? So, the, my brokerage account is where I have most of my money uh, at. I have about um, probably about two point three million in. Holy in- smokes! Yeah. <laughs> ding ding ding! Do you own a home? We do. Okay. What's the house worth? Um, so the house is worth about uh, $1.4 million and we owe a million on the mortgage. Uh, we're locked in at $3.125. Oh, your wife's retirement. What's that in there? She she has a little less than 100 How's the cash flow? I mean, how much do you think you actually spend? Forget about all the savings. What do you suspect is your monthly need in terms of your living? So um, I, I would estimate, you know, probably ten thousand. I mean, that's assuming like, hey, if I wasn't contributing to the four hundred one k, yeah. Um, and ideally, you know, later on, I think we would probably try and move to like a lower cost of living area. If I was going to try and punch out, you know, mm-hmm. it's sixty. Okay. I don't think we'd stay here, but I would say right now, you know, ten to twelve. You mentioned that you had uh, military service. Are you entitled to a military pension? Yes, I am. Um, I was active duty. I'm actually still in the uh, still in the reserve, so I car- I serve part time still in the military uh, with the reserve pension. Um, that doesn't kick in until until you're 60 years old. Mm-hmm. So I estimate that um, in today's dollars, um, I would get about fifty thousand a year at age 60 uh, in the milit- for the military pension. Mark, what's the balance between the hate mail that he has all the money saved, but he has served? You know what I mean? Like, that's a little bit of a paradox. So you can't be so, how did you save so much money? Like, what's going on here? I'm fascinated. Are are you, like, you served in the military, but you were still able to save so much money. Did you inherit some money? Like, what happened here? No, I didn't inherit anything. And uh, frankly, you know, didn't didn't come from money at all. Never thought I'd have anything even close to this. Um, basically, when I left active duty, I uh, I worked in the federal government a little bit, and um, I, I kind of took a risk with a startup. Um, and I got I got stock, and the startup, you know, was successful. And um, you know, God put me in the right place at the right time. So maybe you put yourself there. Yeah. (laughs) So when you look at your social security benefit, what does that look like in the future? Give us your full retirement age. So what's 67? Yeah, it would be 67. Um, I ran the numbers. I don't have them in front of me, but I want to say if I waited till 70, it would be like 4,000 a month. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, 
where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Obviously, the pension and your Social Security will cover most of your needs. You have all the savings. I think you knew before you got on the air with us that you're in great shape, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel really blessed with where I'm at right now and I don't want to screw it up, you know? Okay. okay <laughs> so. Fair enough. So tell us about the allocation. Let's see what you, what, you know, like, what is it that's maybe, I mean, cause you do have the 400 grand in the G fund, the 401k, the current, what's that invested in? Um, I basically pretty much uh, S and P 500. Okay. Just one fund, basically like the whole thing. And then what about the brokerage? So my brokerage, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I manage it myself. I'm a big uh, kind of uh, Bogle heads, you know, follower of Jack Bogle. And uh, I I try and keep it simple. Most of it is in Vanguard total stock market, uh, total international. I do have some, you know, value ETFs, but you know, nothing, nothing crazy like penny stocks or nothing like that. It's, it's, Mm. it's solid um, index funds and, and most of it is total stock, total international. But like, um, but it's really all out risk because of the two point three million. Do you have some cash in there? Are there any bonds in there? I have about you know five percent cash. So I, I have an emer- emergency fund that I have sort of above and beyond. But I would I would say I probably have about two thousand in cash and T bills, like three mm-hmm. month treasury bills mm-hmm. that are, that are in that mix. But no bond funds or bond ETFs, right? Uh, no, not outside of my that that TSPG fund. What do you think, Mark? It's too much risk, especially since he wants to, you know, I don't want to say call it quits, but he wants to, you know, peel it back a little bit. That that brokerage account for me has to be a little bit more conservative. That's what I think. I think that you should. I, I first of all, and and lucky for you that you know your the bond market has collapsed also along with the stock market. So, I mean, there's there's a couple of choices. You can move some of the money. I mean, I don't know if you have. You know, you may have some long-term gains that are embedded in this. You might have some losses. Do you do you have a kind of a guesstimate about where you stand on a tax basis? Um, yeah, I, I do. I definitely, um, I, I definitely have like a mix of of gains and losses. I don't have any huge losses anywhere, but I I, I do have some gains, just you know, kind of in the total stock market. But mm. there's a you know a couple funds here or there that I have like you know maybe a thirty thousand dollar capital capital gain, you know, and they're all long-term and then some other, you know, losses of maybe 10,000 just based on like where the market is right now. So there's a couple of choices. Um, I, I think also that you would want to try to rotate some money, even in just a, you know, an intermediate term bond fund, which is down like 14% this year, basically. So, I mean, you could make a choice and say, all right, I'm going to rotate more money where I hope, um, by, you know, over the course of the next few years, I'd like to be at least 40% in bonds, at least like cash and bonds. So you would have to add some money. Now, the question is, do you take the position of doing it all at once or do you do it slowly and surely? So at this point, you are putting five grand a month into this account. So, you know, you could certainly just say, I'm going to add it to the bond position only. Or you could try to clean some of the stuff up and maybe you've got some duplication, maybe some things that haven't worked or or have worked. But did you try to get to somewhat of a tax neutral stance, free up a couple hundred thousand dollars in the in doing so maybe and rotate that into bonds? But I would also agree with Mark that you're a little bit overly aggressive 
you've got time. So that's not the biggest issue. It's just that we have to make sure it happens. How does that sound to you, Stephen? Does it, is it scare you to, because sometimes people who have such, you know, like you're very long-term in nature. So how do you feel about that? Yeah, no, I feel very comfortable with that. And, um, and it helps hearing that. Cause like I said, you know, when, when the market was going up, it's like, okay, Hey, great. But now that it's, you know, coming down, I mean, I'm not panicking or selling, but I'm just like, uh, you know, uh, maybe popping a few Tums, uh, here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think that I, all right. I, so yes, I think that that's, I mean, I think that's good. Given the income and that it's a taxable account, would you look for a tax exempt bond? I might. What's the what's the um, tax rate? What's the deal in Virginia? What's the tax situation? Virginia uh, state income tax. Yeah. So the top, I'm in the top rate. It's uh, I believe it's five and a quarter percent. You should probably look at this. It's very easy. You can go side by side, and you can say, you know, what would the actual what would the comparison be? So you might be able to get a look at, say, the Vanguard Intermediate Term Bond Index, look at the yield of that, and then you can pop your your tax rate in there and see like what is your real yield. And then you do the same thing and look and compare that with what a muni, a Virginia muni bond would look like. I would look at the comparison just because you are in a top tax bracket and, you know, you got a lot of moolah. I think that it's worth it to at least compare it. You're at least in the 35%, if not the 37 yes. And what else, uh, what about uh, your estate documents? Because you have a baby. Hey, I, I knew you were going to ask me about this. I ju- just updated a will. Um, will for her and I, uh, we have a child care plan in case, God forbid, something really happened. Um, so I think we're in, I think we're in pretty good shape uh, with that. And I just, right. I just started uh, front loading a 529 for him as well. How much money's in the 529 plan? I, so I put in uh, twenty four thousand this year. There, there was a, a way where you can basically create multiple accounts yeah. uh, to get this maximize the, the state tax deduction. So I kind of front loaded it for this year. I love this man, Mark. Anything else for Stephen? No, I know he asked about allocation. You know, if he should have more exposure to international stock, he's already at almost twenty percent. My answer would be no. Yeah, I don't think you need to. I mean. Uh, the world's a basket case. The U.S. is the best of the baskets right now. Right. That, that was my other concern, too. So um, so who, who, who knows what the next few years will look like? All right. I think that that's it. I think that we are done with Stephen. Stephen, are you done with us? I, hey, I am done. Thank you. Thank you both so much. Love your show. And uh, really, was really excited to be on with you today. It was really, really helpful. And thanks for all you do. Uh, well, we really appreciate that. And we are so grateful that you checked in with us. No hate mail, guys. Remember, active military, active duty military for many years. Leave the guy alone. Okay. Just a hardworking dude. If you have a financial question, all you need to do is go to our website, jillonmoney.com. When you're there, there's a contact us button. It's in the top right part of the website and you click it. You complete the form, you check the box, it says you want to come on the air, and Mark does everything else. Now, while you're on the website, we've got all sorts of great content that is on that site. We have our other podcast, Jill on Money. We've got a blog, we've got a radio show. You can check out my hits on television, and you can, of course, pre-order the new book. It's called The Great Money Reset, and we hope you do that, because if you do, 
you will be invited for a very special event. Be very exciting. Mark Talercio is the co-host and executive producer of the program. We're distributed by Paramount Global. We drop our episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. Don't forget to leave us a rating and review on Apple. Try to do something nice for someone else today. It will make that person feel better. It will make you feel better. Curiosity, compassion, community. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. If you like Money Watch, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be, because Survivor 46 is here, and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, Divya Adaris. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did, what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast, and to ask Jeff some questions because even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.